0: Thank you for joining us here at the Zoe Household. Our desire is to bring you to the consciousness of the Zoe life. The life of God that has been made available to everyone who believes the Lord Jesus Christ. Prepare your heart for a powerful word from God. By our lead pastor, Pastor Dula God bless you. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Let's jump out together for Jesus. All right, let's go ahead. I want to finish today. No, not finish. Like, finish what I'm saying. Number five. So, we said that, uh, no, that should be number three. Am I correct? You are in a process, not a destination as a child. That means, I said that, that means you are growing and you are developing. Amen. Growth means to increase in quantity. Can I have my phone, please? To increase in um, quantity. Thank you. And then development means to improve. Not not really the same. Praise the Lord. A moment, please. Just a moment. So I said that you are in a process, not in a destination as a child. That means that you are growing and developing. And I just said now that growth means to what? To increase in quantity or in size, you know. That's what it means to grow. In um, in 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 the spheres of the natural, growth sometimes is not um, determined. That means whether you want or you do not want, you will grow. You know, you will increase. If you eat too much, you get fats. You know, some people, that's still a mystery because some people don't eat too much and they are getting fats. I know one person, you know. I eat once a day. I don't know how I'm getting fired. It's just. (coughs) Praise the Lord. So that's what it means to grow. Naturally, you need nothing to grow, actually. You will just grow. Whether you like it or not, you will be 60. And after 60, you'll be 70. And after 70, you'll be 80. And after 80, you'll be maybe 90. And then you check out. Praise the Lord. Somebody wants to stay 200 years. Happy birthday to you. But you will check out, that's automatic, that's for growth, that's in the natural. But in the supernatural, everything about growth is very, very deliberate. And we must understand this because Jesus was telling us that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, that's in Luke 4 verse 4, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Jesus was the one that said this. When he said man shall not live by bread alone, he was saying that bread is the food for the body. Praise the Lord. So in as much as you are feeding your body, Jesus is saying to us that you are also supposed to be feeding your spirit. Praise the Lord. So how do we feed our spirit? By the word of God. Prayer is necessary, but prayer is not what feeds the spirit. You must understand this one. What actually feeds the spirit is the word of God. What makes the, what makes you effective In what you have fed your spirit with is light from prayers. Do you understand that? So what prayer does is that prayer can give you spread, but the word of God will give you depth. You should write that down. Prayer will give you spread, the word of God will give you depth. Spread as regards to expansion and depth as regards to content. If you are, if you don't invest in Studying the word of God, stocking your life with the word of God, there is not so much about growth. You can pray. You can pray very well, and yet you are still not growing. Because growth in Christ is about the word of God. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, desire the sincere meek of the prayer. First Peter 2 verse 2. What does the Bible say? As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word. That what? That ye may grow thereby. So what makes you grow is what? Is the word of God. It's important to understand that. So prayer helps us to um, Studying the word of God helps us to grow. And it's also important to understand how to study. Studying the word of God is not picking your Bible learning the morning before you go out and you read and you go. That's not what it means to study the word of God. I'll tell you how to study the word of God. The reason why we have the gathering of the brethren, that is church, quote and unquote, is to give you light and, or let me use the word, I like things for you that you should go and investigate in God. One hour or two hours or three hours is impossible to reveal Jesus in any subject whatsoever. Because we are talking about someone that is older than time and is out of time. Praise the Lord. And he has given us his spirit. And the Bible tells us that we know all things through this spirit. So how is it possible that we exhaust a teaching really in an hour, in three hours, or in four hours, or even in seven hours? The day we had our seven hours um, kingdom precepts, the notes are there. I was on the first page for seven hours. In my mind, I thought I had seven hours, so I had a lot of time, so I just kept talking. And we're supposed to go to six pages, and we stopped at page one. Because there's so much in God, too many things in God, that cannot be shared, that cannot be exhausted. Praise God. So that's why we come to church. We come for raw materials, amen? Or we come to validate or check the revelations that we have. Those are the two reasons we come to church. Not to sing, praise the Lord. We don't come to church to sing. Can I surprise you? We also don't come to church to worship. Jesus was telling the woman, he said, listen, no, God is not in a temple anymore. The worship of God is not in a temple anymore. The worship of God is in songs and psalms and hymns. No, that's not what he said. He said, The true worshippers worshiping means spirit and in truth, the consciousness of spirit is worship. The consciousness of truth is worship. So church is not a place of worship. There are no red flags here. This is not a. This is not a shrine. We don't come to appease God here. Our lives, our lifestyle, is the worship unto God. Worship actually means devotion. Praise the Lord. So what we come to church to do is to edify ourselves, praise the Lord. That's the primary reason for church, to edify ourselves, to learn the word of God. We need to learn of God, to learn of God continually. That's why if you want to see a strengthened church or a growing church, when I mean growing, you know what I mean by growing? Yes. A growing church in the spirit is a church that loves the word of God, And that's the difference between the churches in the north and the churches here in the south. Those people are doing Christianity. We here, we are just doing activity. Those guys, they are doing Christianity. If I leave you, if I hold you down here till one, some of you will be vexing. Pastor Chingtok Church, they close by four. And they come to church by seven. Now, when you engage them and they engage you, you will see the difference. There is no two ways about it. God is a rewarder of them that seek Him. No. If you are just seeking Him, no reward. You must seek Him diligently. 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 So you must be deliberate about your growth, your spiritual growth. You must be intentional. In as much as you eat bread, good. You must also watch out. What am I feeding my spirit with? You can put yourself on some things. If I don't eat, I don't. If I don't study the Bible, I don't eat. You can help yourself with all those kind of things. It's not being extreme. There's nothing extreme in God. The most extreme thing is that God left heaven and came here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So you must be intentional about your growth. And then development, it means to improve, to improve, to improve. That means to find a better way of doing things. That is so important for us as believers. And finding a better way doesn't mean finding a more complicated way. A better way actually means a simpler way. If you are doing something too... The, the improved version is the simpler version. It's not the harder version or the complex version. Anything that is improving is getting more user friendly. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you say something is improving, it means that it's getting more user friendly. That means it's reducing in complexity or in complications. So, because sometimes when we hear the word improve, what comes to our mind is that improve, get harder. No, it means come lower. Get simpler. Do you understand that? So as a child, we ought to ensure that we are growing and then we are improving. Do you understand now? So it means that we are increasing. That means we are the ones to chase. Amen. You have to chase. You see, I'm busy. I have a lot of things to do. It's true. But what busy actually means is that I have a skill of preference. And I've set my priorities right. And some things come first. That's what it means to be busy. And that's why God is not busy about us. God is busy. He is busy. Ask the devil. God is busy for him. He doesn't have his time. God is busy to witchcrafts. If he wasn't busy, I don't think they would be here. He's busy. He's not looking at them. But the reason why God is busy to them is because he's less busy to us. He has set his priorities, and we come first. We come so first that the Bible says the devil came to heaven and wanted to take the throne of God. The Bible says God did not stand up from his seat. He empowered Michael to undo him, because who is man that thou art so mindful of him? That's what it means to set your priorities. I'm so busy I'm coming to church on Wednesday. It, it's because your priorities have not been set. You are really not busy. And should I shock you? You can never be less busier than this. Praise the Lord. You cannot. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? You cannot get less busier than this. This is the less busiest that you can ever be. Because as you grow, life begins to happen. And more load is coming. More load is coming. And what will ensure your victory is the faith. Praise the Lord. He says, this is the victory that will become the world. Even our faith is the faith. So what are you investing? What are the scrums that you have? The particles that you have that you can gather as you are growing in times of troubles and trials and you can throw at the devil to ward him off. What is the word that you have in your ion, in your destiny? What are those words that have entered your spirit? You don't need too much, but at least let some enter. Let some really sit. You need it. If you want to be a good husband, it's the words. You need the words. If you want to be a good wife, you need the words. If you want to be diligent in your office, you want to be excellent, you need the word. Look at Daniel. Look at Daniel. Just take a look at Daniel. That is an excellent man. If you are a professional, if you are someone that is into professional, go and study the life of Daniel. Excellence and supernatural. When the king saw them, he said, Go and call the Hebrew guys. Those guys have read, they know stuff. This is the vice president of the old babylon babylon is not nigeria babylon is the united states in in this time at that time babylon was the world power you remember um there was this uh, description of um a province in the book of esther chapter one can you remember the bible says that the king's jurisdiction had spread to asia to different continents one man was controlling continents that was how the world was in that time and babylon was the world power and this is the administrator the kings in those days didn't do anything no all they did was make decrees they were advised they made decrees they slept with women drank ate. that's all they did So the problem, the administration was on the vice president or the administrator, which happens to be Daniel. Daniel will still take time, three times a day to pray. You don't even have a job and you are busy. How is is that possible, you are jobless and you are busy, you are busy doing what? With no job. I don't get it. This is Daniel that is supposed to be up and down. It's about poverty. Praise the Lord. It's about it's not about time. It's about poverty. Some of you, the Holy Spirit, will even do a for you. He will wake you up in the night. You will literally feel somebody tap you. <laughs> me, me. You will still sleep. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In the spirit, it's terrible to be stagnant. It's terrible. Stagnancy is terrible. There is something about stagnancy. It causes smell, a stink. It's not good. You always have to move forward. Apostle Paul says, pressing, press, mm-mm, pressing towards the mark, pressing. It's a journey. Bible says, looking unto Jesus. Look, looked, talk to me. Looking. See, it's a journey. I was telling you on Friday, I said, even when Abraham got to the promised land, quote unquote, the land of Canaan, God still told him to build a tent, not a house. Because God is telling him that he will still live. This is a holy pilgrimage. Um, it's, it's a continuous walk. A holy walk. Righteous walk. Praise the Lord. So you have to have time to improve and grow. As a child, ensure that you are investing into your spirits. As you are eating food, let there be a consciousness that, mm, I just fed my body. time for me to feed my spirit so a beautiful thing to do is that anytime you are eating anything whatsoever you can train yourself that you are reading bible as you are eating It's a consciousness you see all those little little things god sees it and he honors them those are the things that propel great lights and you will see your life being changed you will get wise praise the lord Do you know that there is impartation in the word of God? You see, let me tell you something. Listen very well. There is something called the spirit of the word. I've had these experiences, so I can share The spirit of the word is, you are reading your Bible, and you enter inside your Bible, and you are part of what is happening. You are not doing, but you are really seeing it have walked past the Red Sea before. The Spirit of the Word is possible. You literally enter into the Scriptures and you see yourself walking past the Red Sea. You get the experience. You feel cold. You feel feel there is something called the Spirit of the Word. Are we together? Number two, there is something called impactations from the words. Paul can impact you. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Yeah? Paul can impact you. Peter can impact you. If you study their books good enough, well enough, they can. You will really feel like a spirit entered you from the word. So, give time to study. Praise the Lord. All right, let's go to the fourth one. Consciousness of being childlike. It says, Number four, are you ready? Open to correction for perfection and mystery and mastery. Praise the Lord. A child is open to correction for perfection and mastery. If you are not corrected, you cannot be perfected. And it's in perfection that you gain mastery. Listen to me. Anything that you have not gained mastery in, if you go out and try to engage it, you make a mess of it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? David did not just pack 300 men that were letters and carry them and say, let's go. No. They gained mastery. He trained them. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? He trained them. When God was telling the children of Israel to enter into their promised land, the first thing that God told Moses to do was to tell 12 people to go and spy the land, to understand how the place is. So when they came back, there was a re-strategizing of what and what will happen. You must... Gain mastery. And the only way to gain mastery is by correction. So how do you get corrected? By failing. By failing. That's one of the best ways to get correction. By failing. If you failed, you know you need correction. And then you chase it. Failing is different from being a failure. And until you have stopped trying, you are not yet a failure. It is when you give up in it and you've left it that you are a failure. If you've tried 99 times, you are still trying. You are not yet a failure. There is no success without failure. In fact, how will you be able to define success if there is no failure? How will you know if somebody is rich, if somebody is not poor? If everybody was rich, nobody would know they are rich. It is poor people that makes us know that, mm, I'm rich. Oh. So failing is part, a very integral part of success. And as a child, it's normal that you fail in some stuff. But you have to try again. Mistakes are opportunities to have a retake. That's just the meaning of mistake. You missed a take. So you take it again. Are we together? So you must be open to correction. Some people, when you are correcting them, their face, everything, their countenance changes. It's the spirit of pride to resist correction. It's the spirit of pride. When people are correcting you, they are not trying to bring you down. No, they are trying to lift you up. You don't want to hear correction. They can't correct you. They can't tell you, ah, this thing you are doing is not good. If somebody is telling you that something is not good, it's because the person is is concerned about you being good. You must appreciate. You know, there are different kinds of corrections. Praise the Lord. There are some corrections that are not, those ones don't know what they are saying. And some people are saying things to talk you down. They are not even correcting you. Praise the Lord. Did you notice that when God spoke to Mary? And told Mary, Mary, you shall conceive in nine months' time. The first thing that God did for Mary was that God referred Mary to Elizabeth. Do you understand what I'm saying? God did not tell Mary to go to Joseph. Because he himself is not yet getting it. God did not say go to the synagogue and tell people. Because there are people that will abort the word of God in your life. But God said, go and meet Elizabeth, somebody that had a miraculous conception like you. And when she got to Elizabeth, see, you see, that's how you know somebody that is, that is with you. No information said, that's how to make friends. You connect in the spirit. No information, no nothing, no. As she saw, as she said, ah, ah. Blessed are you amongst women. As you came, the baby in me leaped for joy. And she started to prophesy exactly what the Lord had told her. So when Mary was leaving that place, she came weird, but she left secured. As she came, obviously she must have been feeling weird. How do I tell Elizabeth? But when Elizabeth prophesied, she said, oh, thank you, Lord. So, you see, that's how to, that that kind, those are the kind of people that you need around you. Praise the Lord. Amen. And you need people like Jesus too around you. That will carry king. Make king. Praise the Lord. We read it now. In, I just I just love that scripture so much. Proverbs 15 verse 22. Yoruba version. That is. It's in the heart of a kid. That madness is. But the Bible now tells us. How to cure that madness. It said the rod of correction. There are some people that you know. He's the only king that can do the correction. Praise the Lord. Praise God. <coughs> See, I will not flog my chat. For where? I jerk barrier. Praise God. So yes, you must be open to correction. I know so many people that grumble at correction. In fact, they cannot receive correction from anybody. are like, who are you to correct me? Are you not my friend? Are you not my classmates? Are you not my friend? No. Be open to correction. Be open to correction. Let people be able to correct you. And even if you are a leader, you can be corrected. Praise the Lord. And if you are following a leader, there is a way to correct a leader. You don't challenge authority. You challenge what he's about to authorize. Do you understand that? I said, you don't challenge authority. You challenge what he's about to authorize. That means you must make your correction quick. Don't correct after he has passed it. What were you looking at? Make your correction when he's about to. So you don't challenge authority. You will challenge what is what? About to be authorized. That means you separate the speech from the speaker. That's one. And number two, there is a way to go about it. Your boss cannot be having a conversation with you. About an idea, and you say, sir, that's wrong. Ah. You can't say that. Even if your boss is playful and jovial, don't talk like that. In fact, I've come to understand that playful people are the ones that have squishes. They can switch on you anytime. I'm playful, but if I switch, you'll be shocked. Ah. I thought we were laughing now. Shut up, we're not laughing. So you must be careful. You yeah, in a board meeting, sir, which kind of, <laughs> sir, are we thinking? To your boss? <laughs> you might not say, are we thinking? But if you say, sir, I don't think that can fly. You are still saying, are you thinking? Because whatever he said was what he thought. The way we interpret it might be different from how you meant it. And the reason why you, you said it that way is because you also are not thinking. So how do you make a suggestion in your office? Whatever he says, I think that we should send away the security guards. You see, sir, I have a suggestion. And I also think that the security guards do an integral job in our office. Don't say but. Start with and. And makes it look like you are continuing what he's saying. But as you continue what he is saying, you will realize that you of you are not saying the same thing. If you say "but," you have closed his heart to what you want to say, because he is the boss. But it's like who are you to but what I'm saying? But if you say "and," he will, he will be open. He will listen to you. Everything in life is wisdom. It is wisdom? Are we together? Let me show you something. Let me show you something. Um, ah, let me show you. Genesis 41, verse 9. Let me show you something about correction. Because some of you will say, "Ah, but I used to do it in my office. I tell my ogre and nothing happened. I will tell you why. And I will tell you to change and have sense in Jesus' mighty name. Now, let's read. One to go. Then spake the chief... Butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. Look at wisdom. Now, the Pharaoh has a problem, a serious problem. Now that he has the problem, he saying that, how can I solve this issue? He has looked to the wise men, the magicians, everybody. Nobody has anything reasonable to say. So now he has opened the floor because a chief butler is not supposed to talk. Praise the Lord. Are we together? I'm just trying to show you something. A, a chief butler is not supposed to talk when Pharaoh is talking at all. Who is a chief butler? Eh? Like a chef. Who is a chief butler? The chief butler knows. Eh? Who is a chief butler? The person that is in charge of drinks or comfort, that means that what he must have been doing is Pastor Innocent, come. Come and sit down. I like to paint pictures so you never forget it's small, but still I will still paint it for you. That's why I'm a pastor. Sit down. Tell me that you want drinks. Okay, you you stand up, let me sit down. I will tell you. I'm joking. Tell me that you want drinks. <laughs> So he goes and he gets the drinks. Gives it to the king. And then he continues. This is what he does. Now they are having an executive council meeting. And nobody can say anything. He's not supposed to be there. But he's there because he has to find. And there is a problem that is, this is US meeting. A huge problem that will that will solve the world's problem. The old world's problem. Because Egypt was the world power. It was in the hands of a butler. Listen. Listen. Anybody can correct you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The key to the salvation of the world. Was in somebody that was farming. That's where the solution was. The experience of a butler. Not in the books that all of them in the council had read an experience of the butler the lowest in the meeting was the highest in the spirits at that moment so anybody can correct you listen he says then speak the chief butler unto pharaoh so now he's talking sir i do remember my fault this day he didn't say sir what is his fault he didn't do anything the king was just angry one day and put him in prison. He said, sir, it is a sir. Can you remember when you put me in prison? I'm teaching you approach. Do you understand? It is a sir. Can you remember when you put me in prison for seven years and I was suffering there? Well, I'm a good guy and I'll help you. That's not what he said. He said, sir, I remember my faults this day. So if he behaved as if, sir, you did the right thing, even though he knew it was wrong, his wisdom, His wisdom. I remember my faults this day. Go on. Pharaoh was wrath with his servants. So why did I go to prison? Because he was angry with the servants. I didn't do anything. That means it wasn't him. He was just angry with everybody. And he said, everybody, prison. But he said, I remember my faults this day. Wisdom. He says, and put me in the ward in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. Go to the next verse. And we dream the dream in one night, and I and he, we dream each man according to the interpretation of his dream. Go on. And there was there with us a young man, an Hebrew, servant to the captain of the guard." And we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams, to each man according to his dream he interpreted. I want you to see the systematic approach to what he said. He didn't say, sir, the solution is with an Hebrew guy. No. There is a way to talk to Pharaoh. He didn't say, ah, the problem that is, that is with Egypt is not an Egyptian that can solve it. No. He took him on a journey. He even made sure that Pharaoh was associated with the God. So that, you see, anointing can take you, but it is character and wisdom that will sustain you. If you don't have it, you will lose it. Are you what I'm saying? If you don't have attitude, manner of approach, there are so many people that have missed blessings because of the way they talk. Some people you will build with your hand, ninety-nine. Remaining one. One stupid word will scatter everything. One stupid word. is says, you have to have sense. It's the devil that is pushing you. He's a demonic spirit. Some of you now, be hearing it. So that when you when you are married and you start hearing voices, leave him, leave him. Or you are married say, leave her, leave her. You will know that he's the devil. You will calm down. This is the devil talking to me. Don't, don't cook for him, Joe. That's it. For just he minute, die. You will know, it's the devil. Somebody that you have been with for ten years or twelve years, in one minute, you just decide. And when you are angry, it's very easy to amplify all the bad things. You will not remember any good thing. You will not remember. You will not, that the good thing will be far. You will look for it. You will not see it. It's those bad things you can remember. 2005. Can you remember? 2017. 2049. 2019. 2050. All these things will pile up. You see, this one has already passed 4490 This guy sings every minute. Wisdom. I hear what I'm saying here. Your answer might be with a butler. So pay attention. Get correction. Love correction. Don't resist correction. There are corrections that when you hear, you know that this one is not correction. Correct the correction. This guy has nonsense. Let me correct your correction. But when you see that, listen, you have an open mind. Praise the Lord. Listen. Hear first. Examine it. And because somebody corrected you, doesn't mean it's the right thing. Corrections should still be open to scrutiny. <laughs> you should be able to scrutinize a correction. After all, I'm supposed to take correction. So let's do it. No. The first time I jammed my car, the Holy Spirit was telling me, don't go out. My best friend was telling me, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I said, ah. yes or no? What did I tell you? I said, I don't want to go. <laughs> my spirit is not going with this thing said, Come on, this is not pastor. Time I kiss house. Let's just go, Joe. You'll be using it to learn. And we entered the car. No ah, When I jammed, I, I looked at him and said, I told you, I knew. <coughs> Praise the Lord. I should have been able to discern that <laughs> that was an evil pointer. Ah, I'm not saying he's possessed. <coughs> I'm just saying I didn't listen well. Praise God. So be open to correction. Amen. Alright. Let's look at the next. And I want to show us. Are you getting blessed? you learning anything? Okay. Um, I said number five. Consciousness of being childlike. Number five. Have the consciousness that you are least. Mmm, now we are talking. Have the consciousness that you are least. Some people came to Jesus and asked Jesus, Ha, who is the greatest? He said, mm. The least amongst you, the youngest amongst you, is the greatest. Why did Jesus use the word youngest? He used the word youngest because he's trying to paint a picture in our minds. If you are young, don't expect obedience from somebody that is older than you. In fact, if you are young, when people older than you offend you, it is called correction. You take it. Are, it's an offense. But because you are younger than them, they say they corrected you. You don't want me to do it again. Tell me. Don't slap me. <laughs> but because you are young, they say it's correction. Now Jesus is saying, I see you. I'm ashamed. Jesus is saying that the greatest must see himself as the youngest. So being, the consciousness of being childlike is number one, to understand that you are least in an organization you might be the boss see yourself as the least if you do you will listen if you do you will pay attention if you do you will respect if you do you will honor people it changes everything if you want to get the best for for CEOs that are in this place if you want to get the best out of your workers there are some crazy things that you can do that can steer their minds forevermore. When they are coming into your company, tell them, I can't sack you. Because as you've come in now, the company now belongs to me and you. Ah, what if he is behaving anyhow, tell him you will demote him or you will remove his salary or tell him this employment is for life. There is an approach to the way he will work for you. If you call your employee to your office, your secretary, and you eat with her, or you eat with him, you call different people, your mega, all of them, they will serve you with their life. Because they will not serve you because of money. They will serve you because of love. And there is nothing about love that is not extreme. They will see a better offer, they will say, Ah, no, what I have in the office is family, it's not job. You must have that kind of sense, you must have that kind of sense. You come inside, who are you? If you have an office, let it be normal language, bye, love you, see you tomorrow. There is there's an atmosphere it will bring to your office, I'm giving you wisdom. There is an atmosphere it will bring to your office. Everybody, the way everybody will be working, they will be expressing creativity, they will not be carrying out your instruction. If you tell them one, they will say, Ah, sir, we can do it like this. You will see that one will become ten. You stop. Don't have an air over your shoulder. I mean the guy, the boss. Come here. Why are you not doing anything? You didn't give him work. So that are you, you are playing pain. Playing game in the office. If they don't have job to do, join in, play, you will be surprised. Ah, My boss playing game with me. (laughs) I love this job. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Do you get it? Yes. It's wisdom. Same thing in your family. It's a wonderful thing that you are going out and your children are crying and the beautiful thing that you come inside and you can see your little baby jumping. Not that when you come inside, everybody is sweeping. Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. They are going to hide. Voila! You are not building a family. You don't have a home, you have a barrack. Tell yourself to general. Hmm? Soldier, military man. My children fear me. <laughs> You're a fool. You can't train don't you can't train them like that. Not even in this age. Praise the Lord. Because from the moment they, if they are 18 and they have one mad business or 18 and they get signed to maybe Arsenal or one call club, he packs out of your house. You might not see him again. You might not forget about that child. He will not know that you ever corrected him because at 18 he has made his money. Do you understand what I'm saying, and that's the kind of children we want. Yes or no? You want your child to be all 40 years old before you start making money? Once I give birth like this, if I just see him touch ball, ha, I didn't say play, touch. Drop that own work, play ball. Ha, what are you talking about? 16, I've taken him. Ask my yeah. Ha, I, will be, I can resign and be his coach because I know he will pay me. It's an investment. All those boys was playing, Paco ball. I'm on now, <laughs> i not be preaching now. I've been asked now. Oh, uh, my, uh, my, eh? Ah. Madrid. <laughs> Making cool money. they will be my friends. It's not allowed. <laughs> 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 my guys, they'll be Rashford. Praise God. Yes, what you say? Praise the Lord. I was reading about training children and the, the article, what the person wrote, he said, the most intelligent children are not supposed to be in science class. He said, no. See, the way you know the kind of classes they should be is by their approach towards thing, things. Any child that is very meticulous, very careful, will be very scientific. See, anyone that is expressive, that is creative, whether he's the first in the class, put him in art. And I, and I, I was like this is this is good stuff. It's true. Teacher is talking. It's true. It's true. There is a particular girl in my class, in SS1 Gold. Very, very you just know that she's not in that class. That she's in science class. You know that Gabrielle, that's not her place. Because if you tell her to stand up, she will be dancing I'm like this girl. You are an entertainer. If you open her mouth, everybody will laugh. You, if you want to punish her, you will laugh. So what are you doing in science class? So I don't, my mommy says she come so Can your mommy see? <laughs> Praise God. So see yourself as the least. Amen. And not just that. See yourself as the least. And a giver, not a collector of honor and respect. Don't see yourself as, I deserve some respect. Earn respect. How do you earn respect? By giving respect. You earn respect. You earn honor. Honor is a response. If you are honorable. It will come. No matter how rude you are. Praise the Lord. No matter how much road range you have. No matter how much in a bad mood you are. If I miss a pack, you pack. They did not burn you well. If army say pack, you pack. Yes, sir. The anger, everything goes. You just honor. You understand what I'm saying? So, if you are honorable, you will get honor. You don't need to work hard for it. You don't need to be, honor me. Honor me. <laughs> no. So you don't have respect. You don't have respect. Honor, honor. Come on. No. If you put yourself in a place of respect, you will be respected. And if you give respect, the best way to show people how to treat you is how you treat them. If you don't tell somebody, shut up, he won't start it. If you start a relationship and you say, shut up, Joe, he will know that, okay, shut up, Joe, is permitted. Now, the way you you told him, shut up, Joe, it might just be two of you. The day he would decide to use his own joker. You might be talking every day, shut up, John. You won't be able to complain because you started the shut up, job. You were the one that introduced it into the relationship. So anything you don't want in the relationship as regards to disrespect, you must ensure that you yourself don't put it in. Do you understand what I'm saying? You must be conscious. If you're in a relationship with somebody, define the languages that you'll be using. There are some people that, well, if they tell you shut up, George, you might say, mmm. but there are some that, you, who are you? Don't tell me shut up. But sometimes, if you are someone like me, sometimes I might not be able to flare and say, don't tell me. I'm like, I like killing this guy. But you just let it go. So what you need to do is, maybe call him aside. I don't like that thing. Anymore. Please don't let us say it again. God bless you. Listen, because if you do not correct him, he will not say "shut up, Joe" next time. He will say "shut up, your dirty mouth, Joe." And the next time he will say, "you are really stupid," so shut up, Joe. He will go further. That. That's the way human beings are. If you give them a step, they go a mile. Praise the Lord. All right, I will soon close now. Let me just finish this ten. Oh, God. I feel like we should continue being childlike next month. There's so much. Maybe we should. Next month. Because I've not heard anything from the Lord for next month. And we've not really completed this. So Maybe next month we'll continue being childlike. It's not, it's not you that I would say God be authorized. Alright. The next one is ask valid questions. Ask questions. Mm-mm. Ask valid questions. Reasonable. Rational. Questions that make sense. Praise the Lord. Don't ask a girl. Are you a girl? <coughs> you see somebody watching? Ah, what do you do? Ah, I'm writing like. Don't ask foolish questions. Ask valid questions. And make sure you're asking questions that will pertain to the increase of your knowledge. Another thing you must ensure that you do when you are asking questions is, ask questions that will correct assumptions. Do you understand that? Ask questions that will correct what? Assumptions. Let your questions be channeled towards making your assumptions sure. For example, you can assume that the reason why somebody came late was because he was sleeping. It will be a valid question if you ask, why did you come late? Why are you asking the question? To remove the assumption that maybe he slept too much or maybe she slept too much. So let your questions be channeled towards taking away assumptions that you have so that you can be in certainty. That's what it means to ask valid questions. And there are some questions that you don't ask people that you know that they can't know. For example, how can you go and ask a non-believer? Should I type? Come on now. What do you want to hear? Yes or no? He doesn't have anything to offer because he's not there. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of us, will listen to our friends more than we listen to the friend, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit will tell you something because what he's saying is not conventional. You've conceived it in your heart, but one friend will just come from nowhere and tell you an experience. Experience is not the best teacher. The Word of God is. And you can have experiences and not learn from it. You can go through a painful process. Are you listening to me? You can go through a very painful process and you come out in pain and nothing has changed about you. If you don't pay attention to the details... Of those processes, in the process, nothing will happen. No. You will just have the experience that you were pained. And let me tell you this the highest form of experience is obedience to the Word of God. Obedience to the Word of God is resting on the experience of God. Write it. Oh, yeah, that's good. I know. I can taste it. Obedience to the Word of God is resting on the experience of of God. If you obey God, it means that you know that God is experienced and he knows the right thing. Don't let your experience direct you. Let obedience to God's word direct you. Are we together? Are you getting anything? Are you getting anything? All right. I will just conclude. We have four more. Do you people want to go? Can I finish up? All right. The next one is play. Be happy. Be sane. Play. Walk, 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 ah, walk, ah. walk, play. Be sane. Even if you are a pastor, you are a bishop, or you are at the headquarters of the spiritual realm. Play. Play. The Holy Spirit doesn't make your face like this. He's not a spirit of frowning. He's a spirit of comfort. He's accessible. He's approachable. I, you know, the way the Bible is written, they wrote the Bible in such a way that they did. In fact, John said, if we write of all the miracles and the wonders that Jesus did, he said, books will not be able to contain it. So they were writing precise things. But I want to believe that Jesus had a sense of humor. God has a sense of humor. Bible says, he that sits on the throne shall do what? Shall laugh. It's something that happens in the spirit. God is laughing. And God wants you to be happy. Happiness doesn't mean you are carnal. See, forget about happiness. Joy. No. 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 Happiness is the will of God for you. God gave you joy to produce happiness. Do you understand? He did not say have joy. Some people say, you know, you don't need happiness, just that joy. Joy? Joy will make you happy. And happiness has expressions. I'm happy. No, you're not. i my On Mondays, this is where I am. I'm happy. It's not your problem. I'm happy. I'm always happy. You're always happy? Yes. Yes, my music are my faces. Praise the Lord. No, you laugh. Happiness, you laugh. Am I correct? You laugh. You rejoice. You jump. Hi, how are you doing? Some of you, the way you go to work, they already know you don't like the job. So if they want to sack somebody, you are the first person. They know. Because how you got... Good morning, sir. Where's my chair? Who took my chair? Where's my office? Sit down with laptop. Are you pressing the people? rubbish, nonsense, I hate my life. If you complain and you do like that, listen, nothing will change. You better start liking the job. Make yourself happy. Because if you don't like it, or you like it, it's the job. The only time you laugh in a month is when you get a lot salary. After that moment, you are in the office, you see, (laughs) be happy. Some of you, eh, You've done it so much that it will be weird now for you to go to work tomorrow and say, Hi! You're like, Ah! Everybody be like, ah, ah, ah! What happened? If you have been like that, going to work, some people are so surprised. Praise the Lord. Do you know that some people are so surprised when they see somebody that they know being nice? They're like, Ah! You can't be nice? Actually, I have a friend that if you meet her for the first time, You will feel like this girl is demon-possessed. She will frown. She will do this. But if you get to know her, wonderful person. And many of us are like that. Our first impression, very bad. Hi. Hi. What's your name? I don't tell strangers my name. Can you go? Calm down. I start praying. What's my wife? That's not how to do things. At least be friendly. What's your name? I don't tell strangers my name. Is that what you want to say? My name. I don't know you. It's still nice. I don't know you. No. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We together. Yes. Be friendly. Be happy. Smile. All through scripture. So many places. Go and read in your house. Read Psalm 144 verse 15. First Kings 10 verse 8. First Peter 3 verse 14. First Peter 4 verse 14. Go and read about happiness. Let me say it again. First Peter 4 verse 14. First Peter 3 verse 14. First Kings ten verse eight. Psalm one four four verse five. Go and read about happiness. You see that it's the will of God. Be happy. When you get to the office, good morning, good morning, good morning. Hi, everybody. Bring a positive energy into the room. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even in church, the way you come, you can determine the mood of the service. Do you know that? If you come all sluggish, you can affect everybody because we are a body but you come Hi, good morning, good morning, you are sharp. It makes everything beautiful. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The next one, which is very important. As a child, you don't always get what you want. You only get what is best for you. Do you understand that? As a child, you don't always get what you want. You get what is best for you. Mommy, I want to go to the beach and jump into the beach. That is what you want. But what is best for you is that go and read your... It might not be what you want. But as a child, you must learn to trust God that he's giving you what is best for you. It's not everything that you want that is good for you. So, as a child, that consciousness must be there. That I only get what is best for me. That means anything I have is what I need. And what God has given me, amen, I'm contented. I don't have it now because it's not best for me now. It might be that I'm not ready for it. Praise the Lord. It is better to have something later. Than to have it and then lose it. Do you understand? It's better to grow. To mature into it and keep it forever more. Than to have it for two weeks and it's gone. You have to ensure that you understand that. And God doesn't just give you things. God gives you people as well. There are some relationships that you must not force. Listen. Listen. There are people that, and this is, I've, I've seen this in my own life. There are people that you've seen from afar, that you love them so much. And you can't wait to know them. Listen, don't try to know them. God might not want you to meet them the way you want to meet them. God might want you to meet them on a colleague level. You, you will go there on a beggarly level. Calm down. There are people that call me that some three, four years ago I was looking at how on earth can I meet this person? Call me to ask me questions. To pray with them. I don't force any relationship. I don't even want your friendship in the first place. But imagine, sometimes I think, ah, imagine I had gone there Hey, Jesus, please. How are you, sir? Ah, I've been looking at you. I really like you. Thank you, sir. Please, can I have your number? So you go there, you start messaging, you start making a new sense of your life and ministry. You calm down. You might love it. Calm down. If your heart is teared towards them, God will make it happen. Don't go there and make a mess of yourself. Do you understand what I'm saying? so even people just ensure that you are calm relax tell your neighbor relax tell your neighbor say relax then the next one be compassionate children are compassionate let me tell you something about being two more and then you go let me tell you something about being compassionate i love this thing about children abigail sometimes Children don't have the answer to your problem, but they have the concern. That concern, sometimes, is even greater than the answer. Brother, you understand what I'm saying? It's not like you can give me money, but listen, I don't have money. Ah, You don't. What can we do? I wish I did. See my account. I don't have. If I had, I would have given you. Let me see if I can call somebody for you. That concern the compassion, that concern. You see, a child, his mommy is crying. He will go out and clean the mommy. Says, "Mommy, no, don't worry, don't cry. I'm with you." You're like, "Oh, see who is? I'm the one with you." But you see, in that moment, you just want to hug the child and just be fine. You say, "I'm not crying again." You understand that concern? The consciousness of being child, like, it makes you concerned about people. I have not eaten. I don't care. That's the character of an adult, wicked one. Go <laughs> and look for your guy. You know, go and look for what to do. Go and look for what to eat. Take care of yourself. You see, it's a mentality of the adult because you take care of yourself. So they do the needful. You know, grow up, man. No, it's you that should grow up. Have concern. Be compassionate. Ah, what can we do? What are you thinking about? Some people know what they want to do, but they want to say what they want to do to someone else. Is everybody that came to you for advice that needs your advice? They call it advice, but what they actually need is your ears. They just want somebody to listen. But you come shut up. Don't do like just listen first. Praise the Lord. Let's rush it. And Okay, I told you this one before I said children are magnifiers and amplifiers. Right? Children are magnifiers and amplifiers. You know, a child will a child can make this pulpit a person. I don't know how they do it or how we used to do it. But there's nothing impossible for them. They can name toys. Name Teddy Bear and they can hear the Teddy Bear talk. I'm like ah ah you see they live they live in their minds. It's a beautiful place to live. You say ah Spider Man Batman they are fighting and they know who won. I'm like how <laughs> nothing broke (laughs) he won he won (laughs) how do you know because he won hit him like (laughs) praise God hallelujah amen so children are amplifiers they are magnifiers they can make do with what they don't have and create what they need from what they don't have for their satisfaction if you have that kind of mind you will not be pressured for anything if you have that kind of mind, you will not be stressed. And that's, that brings me to my last point. Which is, they are never under pressure. Children are never under pressure. Listen to me and listen very well. If you are under pressure and you do things, what I mean, listen, there is positive pressure. How many of us? I, if you want me, if you want to see my best, for example, if we are organizing an event... If you want to see me at my best, let's start serious push for the program. Two days. I'm up. The pressure just makes me go. I'm going. I like that kind of pressure sometimes. But there are also negative pressure in such a way that pressures that make you feel down, that steal your peace. Positive pressure makes you geared like this thing is possible. We can do it. It looks unlikely, but I can make this happen. But negative pressure is that you are moved to do it, but you know that you can't do it. Like, ah, I need to calm down. I need to get myself well. Don't ever be under pressure. Children are never under pressure. Go and bath. If you don't carry them. that knows that they're supposed to resume by 7. They don't know. They just see themselves in class. And then they expect you to come by one time to pick them. If you tell them, what do you close? Ask my mommy. <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> they yell, break, they play, bag-ang, 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 go home, they carry their flowers, tell their friends bye bye, and they follow you. What time do you close? <laughs> do I know. <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> you are the one that will carry them, buff them. You are buffing him yourself, he's playing. Come here! <laughs> That's a child. No pressure. No pressure. Anytime you are doing things under pressure, you will spend more time than you ought to. If you get there early, you will get there early with something that you should have gotten. You, you get there with something that's, with something that you forgot or something. What am I saying? You get what I'm saying? We are children. <laughs> if you get there, you would have forgotten something at home. That's what I want to say. It's either you forget something or you realize that you didn't comb your hair or you did not buy. Bar- uh, you know. Jesus. How can I forget to brush? Damn it. So now, all through in the program, you're like, Alpha. If you are a good person, that's what you would do. Some other idea, you like, brother. If you're a good person, you'll be considerate. Idea, 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 idea. But some people don't care. How far (laughs) now? Praise God. Children are not under pressure. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's stand up. Have you been blessed today? Let's rise up. Let's sing. I'm changing by your words.